to the old Doctor Who show presents Netflix's The Sandman, <laughs> the show, the movie, the experience, the ride. Speaking Welcome of Coupon to- the Movie, remember Coupon the Movie was like absurd because it was a, yeah. uh, a movie based on uh, a coupon? Uh, yeah. The Spirit Halloween movie is a movie based on a store. There's a Spirit Halloween movie? There's literally a Spirit Halloween movie. Oh, God anyway. damn it. Get out of here. Okay. Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show presents The Sandman, uh, our ongoing uh, side project that mm-hmm. is consuming our lives as we uh, review the Netflix adaptation yes. of the beloved comic book series The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. I am your host, uh, Dan, uh, joined as always with your co-host, Eric. That's hey, me. Eric. Hi. How you doing, hey, buddy? Good, man. How are you, Dan? I haven't talked to you in uh, several minutes. Yeah, it's been uh, definitely it's been. the long... It's uh, <laughs> been way too long. Uh, Eric, uh, we are here to talk about the Sundman. Yep. Sundman. Yes, right. Uh, before we jump into the review okay. of uh, episode seven, which is The Doll's House. Yes. Um, uh any news uh, to report about the Sandman universe? It, uh, still no word on uh, I don't, whether yeah, I don't there's going to be a second season, season announcement, which is strange. There has been, you know, continued uh, is still doing well from what we can see in terms of uh, people watching it. Um, there is a little bit of hubbub. Uh, thank you to one of our listeners, Paul, for sending a, a link to a story speculating about a spinoff series for uh, Joanna Constantine. Mm-hmm. Um which I said from the very beginning, I would love to see. That is something I'd love to see the, the Sandman Netflix universe expand. She was wonderful in the role. Roles? Roles. Mark. Sure. And, uh, so I'd love to see uh, if something like that could be spun off. Maybe not specifically Hellraiser. Hell, Hellblazer. Well, we already talked about that. Yep. Hellblazer. But, um, you know, just something with Jonah Constantine would be great. Anyway, so there's that. Any, I don't think there's any other any other news to report, We got though. no other news, Dan. I think we just got to start punching some ravens. All right. Not, <laughs> this one didn't didn't have too much of the raven. Not a lot of ravens. Punching. So uh, just, just enough. Just enough. So let's, well, I'm just going to uh, pet the raven. Why do I got to oh. do violence against animals? I love animals. I love birds. I'm gonna tickle his little beak. Let's tickle All the right. raven. Tickle the raven. <laughs> I don't know. We did tickle. Make it stop. <laughs> what is happening? I what is know. happening what is, with what this is show? Happening? Dan, tell me about the Doll's House. So, uh, welcome to episode seven, yeah. The Doll's House, yeah. uh, written by Heather Belson, yep. directed by Andre Biaz. Sure. I'm pronouncing that terribly. Um, what happened to this one, Eric? Eric. Well, this uh, uh, Doll's House number 10 and Moving In number 11 of the yeah, Sandman comic series. Hey, man, I was going to say Oh, that, I'm sorry. I thought you were going right to the synopsis. I'm going to the synopsis right now. Here we go. Lucian is tasked with doing a complete census of the Dreaming after Morpheus' return. Yep. He discovers that not only are three of the major arcana missing, Uh-oh. but there are rumors of a new threat to the Dream. Wait, what? A vortex. Oh, my gosh. Elsewhere in the waking world, mm-hmm. we meet Rose Tyler, Hi, a 21-year-old who is looking for her long-lost brother Jed Where after six he? years of separation. She heads to London uh, with her friend uh, Hippolyta Hall mm-hmm. to meet a woman who turns out to be her great-grandmother, Unity Kincaid. Oh! Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Rose sets off with Lyda to see if she can find uh, Jed in Florida in her childhood hometown. And uh, last, we meet a group of Corinthians' biggest fans, yep. a group of collectors who want to celebrate him as a guest of honor at their upcoming convention. 
Eric, uh, what did you think of this adaptation? Oh, thank you. Of the first two episodes, uh, first first two two, stories, issues in uh, Doll's House. Yes, yes. Um, I have mixed feelings uh, for this one. Um, I feel like, uh, no, I mean, I don't know. I know I sound awful. You do. Um, Terrible. But it's not it's like a hit or miss kind of thing i think sometimes it's it's right on other times i question some of the changes or story uh changes and why and things don't always make sense or they don't ring true for me uh and this one i think has a number of those things in it uh, I'll talk about the stuff that I liked. I think the actors are great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed some of that stuff. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. I don't know if you picked up on this. But when you see uh, Lita, Lita Hall, uh-huh. my I was like, wow, she looks just like Wonder Woman from the DC Universe. Did you uh, notice that at all? She looks a lot like... Um, um, spacing on the uh, Gail Godot. I was like, yeah. wow, it almost like, you know, it's just... Gal. Whatever, Gal Godot. Uh, apologies you you apologies to Gal. Um, <laughs> you, you got the hard part and missed yes, the easy part. Yes, I okay, did. Uh, now, for fans of the comic, uh, I don't know if this is still continuity or canon, or if they've changed this, but she is the daughter of Wonder Woman in the comic. Uh. So before she married, he- in the comic, before she right. married Hector Hall, she was Lita Trevor, who was the daughter of Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. So oh that's just a little, whether or not I'm reading that look into it, or if that was like some was- kind of like really uh, obscure Easter egg or whatever. But that was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, if this was connected to the DC Universe, she could play the daughter of... Uh, that's Wonder interesting. Woman. That was something. so. Was that was that the case in terms of the DC universe at the time that this issue was written? So yes. we've talked before about how uh, Gaiman kind of had this. I don't know if it was a mandate. I guess it was kind of a mandate to, uh, or really an opportunity to go back through back back issues, uh, obscure little uh, cul-de-sacs of the DC universe, and bring those characters into his uh, story. So this is a case of one of those things uh, where, as far as I know, yeah, yeah. that was like part of that was a character that had already existed in dc lore before gaiman wrote about i love that actually right so and he that that happens a lot even hector hall was a dc character right before and so was she so that's you know that so i know that in obviously in the in the book they established that they were like a couple that was like superhero type Mm mm-hmm thing so but i didn't really know how far back that that went with the uh thank you for that additional uh, yeah yeah so there you go you had a little something but the parts that i didn't like or that i had the hardest time with yeah tell me is the jed stuff Mm. and the family dynamic and in the world of the comic book we don't get a whole lot of that in this episode you don't get and maybe they're gonna correct a bunch of stuff have you not seen the next i have not seen the next i'm watching these literally and then reviewing them so I have not seen the follow-up. I don't even know what it's called. But in the world of the comic book, it makes a little bit more sense because, for me, because you have uh, Rose living with her brother, Jed, and then the dad leaves. 
and they never really talk about whether or not it's a proper divorce. So anyway, in the in the comic book, it makes more sense to me that the dad would leave and the only thing they have to go on is that he's in Florida. Versus this, where the mom leaves with the daughter and they portray the dad as uh, a bad person. You know, don't talk to him. He's in a mood. She somehow gives up her son, which, uh, I don't know. They don't, they don't, if they had portrayed the mom as like maybe, um, you know, a drug addict or somehow unfit to be a parent, maybe it would make a little bit more sense. But somehow she, she like abandons her son and then for years she would know where he lived and then when the dad dies somehow he goes into the foster care system which doesn't doesn't you know she's not gonna be talking to her son in all of that time or she's not gonna be made aware like wouldn't in most cases, in a foster care, if one parent dies, they will place the child with the other parent as long as that parent is fit. And they don't portray the mom as being unfit. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, it, so none of that happens in the book. In the book, the dad sort of has Jed. They go to Florida. She doesn't even know her dad is dead. Then when she learns her dad is dead, he goes to the grandfather, which makes sense that i could see that happening and then their cousins or another family member takes jed in this one i didn't like any of that business and i could honestly go off about this forever which is going to be boring for people but she literally goes to england and then finds out that she's related to this woman who's the heiress to a sugar empire Mm -hmm. and then she goes to she said on her own without any like lawyers or all of the things that wealth and influence would get you to find Jed, who they already know where they were. They go to the uh, agency. I hated the scene with the agency because that also doesn't feel right. The agent is telling her, the foster care agent is saying like, oh, she's with a friend of your dad and here's a, they're getting $800. Why would she share that piece of information? But she's sitting with Lita, who's an adult, and she's like, are you sure you're only 21? Do you have a job? Like, your your brother would want to come with you. Are you sure you can handle this? And then Lita doesn't say anything. It's like, literally, I am the heiress to a sugar empire. I can handle... And literally, you're hired by the sugar lady to find Jed. Wouldn't you then call the sugar lady and say, hey, uh, we found Jed, um, but I have to be able to show that I have a job I don't know, it didn't, none of it really made any sense. And then the mom, she's putting all her money into a house. She bought a house. And like, at what point did the mom die? It seems like it's recent, right? But she's, Hector died at least a year ago. And so she had been sick. I don't know, it's all, it's it's fine. Dan, okay. what did you? <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, I just so, didn't like so any like, of that stuff. I just don't know why of, they didn't stuff, just keep it. The because parents steal kids all the time and they yeah. disappear. It's horrible, but that happens. And honestly, if I'm gonna pretend that I'm rewriting it, just keep the dad alive too, and you don't know where he is, and then and just do away with the whole subplot of the foster care people. And it could be the dad that was being influenced by the nightmare, controlled by the nightmare. And that could justify some of his abuse. It's a way of dealing with the trauma of having an abusive parent. And, you know, that adds a little bit more, too, for 
Rose to deal with that, you know, what's, I don't know what's going to happen, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why the choice is made to deviate from the book. I think there was nothing. No, <laughs> parts, it, you know what I mean? Because it's like he goes to book. Florida in the book. Sorry to r- jump on this, but it's like they literally have an address in Florida because they leave the dad instead of the other way around. So it's less of a mystery of where he is. So within that five years, the Six. mom's completely cut off all contact with her son. So they, they make it right. They so talk about is, her emailing. It's too ambiguous. It would have been better had they kept it the same as the, the book. I don't know what it gets gives us that the book didn't. The no. parts that are important actually right. remain. So you'll see that as it the, – the parts that are crucial to the story remain. So that's, that's not a – there's no deviation there. No, or make the mom um, but, unfit, like, and then you're like, okay, well, no, well so, then. So the mom, so the I, I get that relationship. The, the, she's obviously abused uh, emotionally, probably physically, because she seemed physically scared of her husband. You don't see him at sure. all. Yeah, actually, I think at all. You don't. You so, never see him, so at least in the episode. Well, I, saw. I don't think even in the later ones you don't, you don't see him. But um, so so she's abused. They're planning to move to New Brunswick, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Hello, New Brunswick. Yeah, hey. Um, planning to move to New Brunswick from Florida. They're going to go together. The dad puts his foot down. And and I guess, I don't know what's going on with their relationship, but he's like, you leave Jed with me. You take Rose. And then we'll meet you there once you get settled in. But it was maybe it was this ploy to either keep her from leaving him entirely because she's going to keep one kid behind so she can't leave him. Um, but she does leave, and they leave for five years, and they, they don't— But we don't know what happens in that intervening time. So when does the dad die? Um, when does she get sick and die? She must have gotten sick and died. Bef- she Rose gets sick at least now. one year before this it takes has place. To be, I believe it's more than that. It's got to be. Yeah, it's probably more than that. But, but I, I say that because she talks about how Hector died one year ago. Lita right. says that. And, and she Hector also says that they took adopted. her in. Right. Yeah. But now, not actually adopted, and she may have been, you know, she's 21 now. Maybe she was 18. Maybe she wasn't. But, you know, she, she, they're, they're like surrogate parents, not legally, but they're taking but care we, of her. So we don't know. So maybe let's just say she was 18. Maybe there were three years where Rose was living with her mom. Jed is living with her dad. Maybe there was custody battles. We don't know any of this stuff. So the fact that it's so ambiguous, maybe it's not the most important thing to the story. I mean, it, it sets up the entire story, yeah, it but just, it does, the details it, it, don't matter. It's a lot of like, it's just strange. Know, it took, to it definitely took me out of it, especially right. the scene with the woman that was like the foster, the foster woman, woman and, and, and just dropping that they get $800 a month. Well, they needed to drop that. I know, but it like, later. it's, I know it, it works clumsy. a lot better for me, for me. And again, comic book, of course, yes. but it's like, you know, it's more of like a mystery where she's going to. She only knows really about Florida, and she's sort of following these breadcrumbs. And it but goes we to don't the lighthouse know what happened to the, the dad. Where did he go? So she knows the last address where they grew up. They go back there later, um, but we don't know what had happened to him in the intervening time. He died somehow and went to live with friends who become the Fosters instead. I okay. Anyway. All right, it happens. doesn't and and you get the like if the dad is a bad dad and by all accounts he's a bad dad, he probably has a a record of some kind or it seems like he's a uh, I don't know. It's like I don't know. the you foster parents the reach out to the you and Rose should have gone down to Florida together. You would have solved this case in like 2 minutes. Yeah, or way. like play up the fact that oh, the reason why she's not getting custody is because she was sick or something. Like right. have that as part of it, and I, I didn't like the fact that like Unity Kincaid is bragging about being a sugar heiress, 
and yet the the a part of the reason why she can't really get to see her brothers because she doesn't have any money and then another adult is right next to her and by the way does lita not have work she's just like going around i guess you make a a lot of money from the the architectural uh money and that's a nice looking apartment that they own Mm because they say like oh you own this it's like so she's funneling all her money to buy real estate while she's sick and not looking for her son wait what do you mean the the rose is in that apartment and like right. when it's very strange with it she's on the, the money, phone the money's and all, all of a sudden out. the she's money's out to, of the, talk, yes, of the th- and you get and you and you're like oh well maybe she just died right because that's the way it's played for me to my ears was the mom just died because she's talking about the estate paying for it you know by the that doesn't go around forever unless she's really wealthy or something. Well, and then she's yeah. like, "Oh, we're we're out, and so I can't pay you anymore. Are you hiring?" And then uh, Lita's My like, "Well, she spent was... all her money on this apartment because exactly. she wanted you to have it, and it's a right. nice apartment, right?" But it would have made more sense to me if she literally spent all of her money trying to find her son. Well, and they you were broke. That's the thing. This ambiguity with the mother and the relationship with the father. Maybe she had. But why had, say that she know, owns the house? Spirit, she or, she had given up on that. So the only thing she could do was try to take care of Rose. When she knew she was dying, she was ill. The only thing she could do, she couldn't get Jed back. Maybe she had a broken spirit and not able to actually, you know, think that she. But could it's do it's that. So we- the thing she could do was set Rose up with that with the apartment, a place to live, and. and but why can't? Some but why can't the mom? I don't know because the, the, Again, when they go to the, the when they go to the adoption not the adoption agency the the foster the foster agency she says just like I told your mom's lawyer and said in emails which to me is establishing oh the mom was trying to mm. get custody but why wouldn't she be able to get custody of her own child right you know, at that point, maybe, right. you know, we told your mom she was unfit because she was sick. But even that is like, even that I don't know be. any family court that's going to be siding with, a foster, you know, whoever these awful sure. people end up being. I don't know. It's all fine. It just seems like they made these changes that they didn't really need to make. Just have, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Have the dad have split else... to Florida and then yeah, it's it works sort of. When so much better. else in the rest of the show... Um, stays so true to the story uh, and improves upon it it is a weird misstep in this case where they tried to make some changes to this but it was unnecessary they're just you're right i don't see why they did it it was unnecessarily convoluted and leaves too many questions when what you need to be doing at this point is setting up the rest of the story and just set it up clearly with some clear steps like was in the book and let us continue on the yeah because it becomes when it becomes official like with the state you know because they're placing him and all that's a different thing than the family getting him and applying for financial welcome assistance. to the <laughs> old doctor who show presents family but it's just weird like you know you this woman again bragging about the sugar empire now granted well, she's she got her bragging she's been about through was, some things like she was, she's she just woke up right she was saying that i can help yeah I can she's got the mind of a child but literally, well, when they're saying like we got we got to, hold on, but we got to find no, Jed. I will not. Why not just say, "Oh, I'll call the agency," because at that point the mom knows the dad's dead. In the comic, we do not know the dad's dead. She learns the dad's dead. But in this, she knows the dad's dead because she's been emailing and she has a, the mom had a lawyer trying to get custody or whatever. 
None of that makes sense. It's it's it, it was all fine. Go, Dan. I'm sorry. There's other parts of this so, I like that uh, we can certainly okay, talk. Okay, well, there are other, let me jump to the other parts that I have problems with. Um, we're skipping around a little bit, um, but we meet Unity Kincaid. Yes. So a change from the comic. Uh, I always called her uh, Lida in my head, but I guess it's Lita. Lita. Reading the book, I don't care how many times they say her name yeah. in the show. I'm going to yep. hear. I'm gonna, in my head, it's. Lita. Anyway, uh, Lita uh, accompanies Rose on the trip instead of in the book. Instead it's of the mom, mom that goes with her. Which um, makes more sense to me, too. I hate to jump yes. onto that. Only because they do portray the mom as kind of not a good mom in the comic. She sort of ignores yes. Rose. Yes. She's, smoke, she's more concerned about her cigarette. Self-absorbed. Yes. And it feels yes. like Rose truly is on her own. She doesn't yes. have this caring mother maternal figure with her. But anyway, go so on. It's a big change in, in that case. Um, we go and meet Unity Kincaid. Now, this is the part. I just. <laughs> the timing blows right, me away. It's the great so grand, Unity great Kincaid is her great grandmother. In the book, it's her grandmother. So there's three generations of, of walkers, uh, Kincaid, whatever. So we have Unity, her mom, and Rose. In this, now there's it's an, another generation removed. She was about 12, Unity was about 12 years old when she got, when, when uh, Morpheus was captured and she came down with a sleeping sickness. And it's a hundred years have passed, plus eight months after the events of the be uh, beginning of the story. So is Unity Kincaid 112 years old? Yeah, I guess so. I don't understand it. How is she 112 years old with the... So you would think the mind of a child, I guess maybe in her dreams, she, I don't, she doesn't act like a 12 year old. No. She cannot be 112 because she so doesn't you, look a you day said over it, like 70. You just I said it. I don't understand the timing. Right. You just said, how many months has it been since she's woken up? Eight months. Eight months. Eight and months. They, they say that or they establish that. They say that. They say factor. that. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. So maybe when you get put into this, whatever they... They, they say that a, a Latin name for the disease that they've given this thing. Right. Maybe you don't That's age. It's some kind of cryogenic I, magic sleep. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's it's sure. like, yeah. It's, hey, you can't I have pull a real too problem many threads. with this fantasy story with <laughs> hippogriffs and goblins or whatever. But no, in this case, I'm I'm having trouble with the timeline. But it doesn't no, make uh, any sense. That, yeah, I have that, that same issue. Like, I'm, I'm yelling about adoption and foster care systems and it's like <laughs> right. yeah you're pulling on threads that you probably shouldn't pull on but i also just i know the previous story where i just felt like it was stronger so why are we changing that if it doesn't right right give us no anything? it is a difficult thing to solve obviously it you know it, a gap of 35 years is a you know how you solve it, it how you said you it in the it? 80s you said it in the Which time it was so written. The 80s are so trend popular. With everything else that's going on in the world right now? Oh, we didn't talk about this uh, at the at the opening. I did watch a bit of the Paper Girls, Eric, just okay. throwing 80s things there out there. There you go. We should talk too late, but too. yes. Too late, but uh, I'm sorry I didn't didn't do it earlier. I could have <laughs> saved the show. Uh, but anyway, so that, that timing bothers the hell out of me. And to the point where it's like when Unity is telling Rose about this, yeah. she tells the story. She was in sleeping sickness. She had these dreams of a man with golden eyes. Uh, she had a baby, wakes up and finds out that she did have a baby and it was given away. So, But she doesn't say anything else about that baby. She completely skips over it, not even a name. Says the baby was given to a good family and she had a daughter named Miranda, yeah. who is Rose's mom, and then Rose. So it's like, 
they had to put in that extra generation to account for the time, but they did nothing with it. Well, it I have a question for you. Weirder. I but, have a question for you. Now, you've seen all of these. I have not seen all of these, so... Uh-huh, uh-huh. When, Spoiler. Yeah, I may but, be, you know... When, when we are in the dreaming and Lucian is looking up information about Rose... She says, Brother Jed and someone else. Is that someone else the Unity Kincaid? Is it the grandmother, her proper grandmother? I mean, they don't mention if the grandmother's alive or dead, right? So They do not. We assume, you know. Do you know what part I'm talking about? There is one line. I don't actually recall. I know what you're talking about, but I, I don't remember that. I know the scene, but I don't remember her saying that. Lucian yeah, so, that. and I even did the subtitles just to make sure I'm not, but she says, bro, she has a brother, Jed, and someone else. And it's like very vague. And I was like, oh, is that the Unity Kincaid? But I think it at that point Unity. in the story, we've already learned about Unity Kincaid, so why wouldn't she say Unity Kincaid? And then I was like, oh, maybe there's there's something more to all of this, but nothing based else on that your I reaction, comes that to is mind. not true. <laughs> yeah, nothing else comes to mind from, the, from this, from the episodes that have been created so far um okay but yeah um anyway so so that's that's really the only only negative i have about this story is just like i can't i can't rationalize how the timelines are supposed to fit up and why they couldn't obviously brilliant writers obviously brilliant source material um a team of writers crafting this to not come up with something a little bit more satisfying and to feel so muddled after that huge story arc that we just completed and you know the the um uh, standalone stories in between like everything else was done so well it stands out to me that these things are are plot holes but maybe it doesn't matter because what we're really getting at is we need to get to the story of uh rose looking for her her brother jed um we find out that the the three major arcana that are missing we have uh, we have a new one a new one, Galt. We knew about the Corinthian, and another new one, Fiddler's Green. We didn't, we didn't know before. So we didn't. And when I say new one too, I mean uh, invented for the show, oh, but not also yes. in the comic book because it was Gob and or Glob and Goyle. Now, what Brute. are the two? Brute, Brute, and Brute? Glob. Yeah. Yes. So they they combined it into Galt. <laughs> yes. Which is fine. I think and it makes you get more, like, more sense within these two issues. So the Doll's House and moving in in the comic, you're you. Learn more of Jed. Jed's more involved, and you see, like, in his head, his dreaming and, and what that crazy world is like in which Lyda is we'll in get there. his dreams. I'm assuming that's coming we'll next get there. episode yep. for me. Okay. Yep, yep. So all that stuff stays pretty consistent. It changes, obviously, because it's Galt instead, but for the most part, like, the spirit of it stays the same. Um, so we get that. Uh, just, I guess, kind of going a little bit in order. We, we have a scene with Despair for the first time. So we get to yes. meet another of the Endless. We get to des- Desire and Despair. What did you think of the character design for Despair? Because I will, it is radically different yes, than I will, the book. Yes, I love... First of all, I think Desire is perfect. Perfect. I'm perfect very, casting, very perfect, happy perfect, perfect, perfect. with Desire. Yeah. You, you mentioned... I was actually very happy with Despair, too. I thought yeah. that was cool. It is a lot different. Um... The thing that that's so cool about the comics version of Despair is it it's almost like a mixed media face mm. on her in the artwork. It's it's doesn't even seem like it exists in the same world. And so I felt like they did that a bit with the fashion and the the look. They almost look like two characters from two different shows meeting. 
So I yeah. thought that was good. I really liked her. I really liked Desire. My complaint about that would be I wish there was more. Yeah. Like I yeah, wish yeah. there was more yes. of the Desire stuff because it just feels like you just get it like a and I guess that's the way it is kind of in the comic. It's just like a, just a, a little tease, and I just wish there was promise. more, and I realize that that will be developed in the remaining issues. But I love I all that I would like more, more despair. I think the actress was wonderful in the role. She kept the spirit of it beautifully. Um, their interaction, despi- despair and desire, as the twins, was, was done so well, like stroking the hair. And, yes, and the that was a high point the of the like, episode It was wonderful. Me. Absolutely. Definitely. They also... Uh, Despair makes reference to the prodigal, and we see an empty space in Desire's um, gallery. Um, so, just I like that they they continue setting setting that up for hopefully future stories. They did um, another change from the book to the show, and that is at the end of the episode, uh, Rose confronts Dream and Lucian, and is like, "Hey, you're mentioning my brother. What's going on?" Yeah. Which is very different from the comic in which she's dreaming and she's dreaming of these things and it's dream that like is like oh she's watching us right now and they like turn and look at her and and again you know whatever i'm coming i have all this if i didn't have all this in my head would i have a reaction of well i really like that better because it's like she's being forced into this weird world where and it's scarier for her and it feels like she's more vulnerable rose She's on her own. She's got rid. Her mom kind of sucks. Like she, she's yeah. sort of doing all this on her own. And now this weird dream character is looking at her, and it, it's a scarier moment. And it feels better for her character than in the show where she sort of completely empowered. Has where more she's agency like, in it. Yeah. Yeah. She's confronting. She dream intrudes. And, well, but I think that's what's great about that. I, I hear your point. It has a different tone to it. I think two things. One, it gives Rose more power, um, both as a character and as right, a, as a threat. entity. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she comes into Dream's throne room, like she of her own, like comes mm-hmm. into, like it is a shocking moment. Um, so I think it actually plays on the screen. Maybe this is a, a case where what works on the screen works differently than what's on the page. And I think it works so well in this case. They do a little bit. Well, of I the, think they don't do I, th- it directly. I think you nailed it with like it does make the vortex part of her yes. more threatening to like, oh, she can literally Be she's almost now. equal to him. If You know, yeah. Uh, one note, though, on that dream in the comic, it's very cool. And this is why I would recommend anyone who likes the show read it is when she goes into a dream in the comic, you actually have to turn your comic Mm. on its side to read the dream part. It is amazing how they play with the form. It's very cool. And you don't get that, unfortunately, in the show. But but go on. (laughs) They they turn the whole thing on the side. You need to turn your TV to watch it. Um, Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, Yes, we have Desire and Despair talking about their plans. And I, I think what was something that was a little interesting was the interchange that Despair and Desire have. Uh, talking about the previous attempts and you know that didn't work. Desi- Despair says to Desire, uh, "Do you think our little games will change him, change Morpheus mm-hmm. from being so smug and self-important? Is that what's in the book? Is so to me, it feels like Despair is doing this at, at Desire's behest. Desire's the one really in charge here, but Despair's goal is to what help make Dream more approachable, knock him down a peg, but not in a way to hurt him." It doesn't seem where desire is really just 
gunning for him. They're the you know they're the ones that always spar at dinner together. They have this back and forth. They have this relationship, and that desire feels like dream is just uh, the dreaming is just an echo of the realms of desire and despair. Um, but it feels like there's just different cross purposes between desire and despair. What they're trying to do with these these machinations against Morpheus. I didn't like it as much in the show where it's play like literally said like he think and is that line from the book like he thinks his realm is better than our realm or whatever i don't remember that more pronounced here yeah in the comic at least in this issue because i re sort of look through that issue yeah they don't really say it although most of the dialogue is the same yeah between the two of them and they talk about nada being a mistake and all that stuff is is great is great Yep. But they don't go out and say why. And when they go out and say why, it it felt a little bit like, oh, you didn't need to say that. I think we would right. get it without you saying it. But then I was like, well, maybe later she actually says it. Because the, the way the line is written sounds Neil Gaiman-y uh, about it being an echo of whatever. So yes, maybe that yes, line yes. is from, from another scene. Yeah. Um, I didn't love that part of it. But although I did love the, the scene. Yeah. Agreed. Um yeah, I, I, I think it was a wonderful scene. There's so many good moments in this. Now, they talk yeah. about Nada being it, and they also talk about him getting captured. Mm-hmm. Did they say that part in the comic? I, that they're honestly, also behind the Burgess situation? I don't, I don't remember. Did. I, I actually didn't go back and read. I, I read these books again maybe three or four months ago, and I, I didn't go back and reread this issue, these issues again before the story. So I, I don't recall exactly, but it, it feels in line with it, regardless if it's if it's actually literally right. Like, and I, I because in the comic I'm looking at it now, it says yeah. um, despair says it won't work, it can't work, it didn't work last time, and then desire says no, it didn't. Nada was a mistake, but things have changed. My love, my twin. There's a dream vortex the first time for a long time. Now, Nada, in a timeline sense, takes place before Burgess. Mm-hmm. So this, to me, this assumes they had nothing to do with the Burgess oh, capture. Oh, that's interesting. Whereas yeah, in the it's, show, it's they, they did. Did she mean uh, it didn't work last time? And also, Nada was a mistake? Or does it is it saying it didn't work last time, meaning Nada was a mistake? Yeah, I, That's I, the way, yeah. I, I, there. yeah right. Yeah. And maybe they it's did. Maybe it comes here later here. where they said, oh, no, we did have something to do with Burgess. And right. that's totally possible because there's seasons in the mist. I, I think in that storyline, don't they have that dinner where they all eat together, all the endless? Yeah. But in yeah. any case, it's all fine, uh, Dan. It's fine. So we got we got Lucian doing a census, and she, she – just, I just want to mention it just for this one Do thing. It. We get to see, we get to mention see uh, Abel and Goldie uh, together. She's doing the census, and she's talking about um, – Lucian asks how many entities are there here. And just the fact that Abel references something unspeakably nasty in the basement, which is right from the comic. I just – for some reason, I love that. Yeah, that's great. I, I don't know why, but there's just something about – like, I love it. Anyway, so we, we get that. Um, we talk about the the – Three major arcana. We got the Gold and Corinthian Flither Screen. We mentioned that before. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, oh, the um well, here's some more negative stuff. I feel like I'm very negative cool. today. Eric hated I the don't of this love is. The... Eric hates the Sandman. No. I love the Sandman so much as a comic, so it's hard for me to, yes, to... I know. And so like the Corinthian for me is not really scary. Like I don't I'm not loving the Corinthian character. And you know, it's I like the actor. The I actors like what he's how working he's is fine, but there's role, some. But I don't think. Yeah, yeah, there's something about it. 
I don't know what it is. Um, it doesn't read the as menacingly as he does in the comic, and maybe it's because right. we're we're not seeing enough kills or the way that they would shoot like just the bodies lying in the hotel room or whatever. Like, there's no and a lot of the sinister stuff was taken out as well of the collectors because we they're introduced earlier. We don't see them until later issues. They're yeah. brought into this, and that kind of makes sense because you have to yeah. sort of establish them. And you have that scene where they're eating in the the, in diner. the diner, yeah. And it's played a bit more for laughs than sort of, which I mean, which makes them to me a little less well, but sinister, hang on, hang on. but not remember. Too, yeah, you know where it's coming from. I do. I, I, I watched this with Joe, and he, the whole thing with the collectors, and I don't even know if they mention the phrase serial convention in this one, but they do talk about their convention. And they talk about, yeah, they're getting a speaker, right? A speaker, but I don't know if they know, if they actually mentioned this, which I love yeah. the, the whole serial convention. But, um, so he, it took him a, a bit to see what this was, what the collectors were, where they were going with it. So, so I think it was really effective. I think to play that for laughs or to play it as a misdirect is important. It wasn't until the three of them, uh, so we have Nimrod, we have, uh, Funland and the good doctor at the table um, and the waiter drops off something and he walks away and then Funland is like how old do you think he is yeah. 16, 17 too old for you that's the moment Joe's like whoa what is happening here right, and right. Like, that is a good like that no, is and I didn't, I that's didn't, beyond yeah, like totally and just that, the visceral gross like murdery thing it's like oh shit there's something really horrible going yeah. on here and i like the i liked the, their portrayal of those characters and i think those it works they do a really good job of, Total, of totally fine and i screen yeah Loved and it. introducing them earlier i think is great too i think it makes sense uh, yep. hooks into it it just felt like oh it's not as scary i mean again i i know all of this as you're saying and i was also younger when i read it so there's a couple of right different things um, but that that was good. But anyway, the Corinthian, you know, he's not as not. he's not say, as sinister. They they do more with the sex stuff with the with yeah. Corinthian. So he goes and and meets Carl, who's house sitting for Rose, and because he's trying to find Rose and wants to get a message to her, and they end up having sex. And yeah, like, and but then he doesn't I kill guess, him. But like why? But so I was gonna say the the scary the creepy the tension there is is he going to because we know what the corinthian does the guy goes for his glasses like one, one more time and you think so it's that but it's that a, it's with a character so that we don't dread, have I suppose. right but it's with a character we don't have any investment in yeah, i mean, I mean you, we just met him i i guess right. that's fine it was okay i mean I, I don't know every time you see him i think it's the glasses too and he feels like he's like a Don Johnson, <laughs> like it's almost like yeah. I don't know. There's there's something about the whole thing that does not have any. He doesn't have as threatening a vibe, and it, it, it's almost oh, you know what? It kind of reminds me of like a Hannibal Lecter, but like Hannibal Lecter out in the world, yeah. where he's just kind of blending in and just not really. Yeah, and I don't it know. feels like right. the right. the there's delivery or the 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 character type is even more than Hannibal Lecter, is modeled after, like, uh, the what's the American serial killer movie that's uh, with Christian American Bale? Psycho? American Psycho. Like, a more of an yeah. American Psycho-type yeah, yeah. character. Like, you know, and it, it doesn't seem to to work yeah, as yeah, well yeah. As, a, I mean, as, a, as a threat. All that stuff, obviously, is going to come more to a head later in the story that we'll... Yeah, maybe it'll all turn your reaction around for to me. all that turns out to. But yeah, and it's yeah, really it my is, critique is it does he doesn't feel threatening. 
Right. I don't feel like, like John D. You know, again, that that I Menace felt that was really time. great, and he put you on edge and felt you felt uneasy. Well, because you also never him. knew what he was going to do. Either. You never knew you what didn't was really coming. Know what his rationale was yeah. Right, and this doesn't um, have that for me. Uh, so far, speaking of, speaking of like menace, yep. uh, Rose gets to meet your favorite character, the Fates. Yes, right Which out of the I comic thought, as well. Right out I of the love comic, done I, that was beautifully great. well. I love that they mention, um, you know, what's in a name. Names the, the same aspect of the same being. You wouldn't want to meet us as the kindly ones. Mm -hmm. I just like they mention that. Yep. It just, oh, it just gives me chills every time we mention I like the that kindly a lot. ones because it's it's my favorite story arc. I think. Um, so that anyway, so that was really fun. Oh, we get to we get to meet uh, Merv Pumpkinhead for real. We've seen we do, him and that's also but not new. Hearing him, we didn't see that. That was not in the comic, from what I remember. I don't Merv remember this Pumpkinhead. either. But it was great, and it, and it's setting something up, which is interesting. What they're building? Yeah, I, no, that that um, uh, Matthew is going to go and be the eyes and ears in the waking world to watch over Rose to see if anything's yes, going on, he, so they can get a warning to see if. Um, she's going to become a threat to the dreaming. We find out that the endless are not allowed to interfere in the lives of mortals unless it's a direct and an immediate threat to them. Um, so Lucian wants to get ahead of that and see if anything's going to happen and have a little warning. Uh, so he gets in ahead. Merv says to Matthew before he leaves, if you do see anything, tell Lucian first okay. before you tell Lord Morpheus. Uh, everyone knows that you yeah, secretly she... run this place. And she doesn't disagree. Definitely is like, thank you, Merv. So setting that up of this, like, who's really in control, the power dynamic between Lucian, who had to take care of the Dreaming for 100 years, I like all that setting this yeah, up. Yeah, it was good. And I liked Merv Pumpkinhead for the most part, too. Like, the we talked about some voice things with Matthew where it sounds like it's in a, a recording booth Different. or whatever. Yep. I felt like that was a little bit more naturally fitting to the... Well, especially because it's it's a voice actor who is so expert at doing voices. It doesn't sound like Mark Hamill, any character he's ever done. It doesn't. It just sounds like Merv Pumpkinhead. It, it is beautifully done. Absolutely. Again, one of those iconic characters, minor characters in the overall mythos of, of the, the books, but brought to life beautifully. I really like that. I also like, well, Matthew didn't have a whole lot to say, which is also great, uh, but flying through, I just love the effect of flying through the uh, mural in the ceiling, and that takes him into the, the waking world. I just thought that was that was. Yeah, that was cool. Done. That very was very beautiful, cool. very expensive looking. That was visually nice. Effect. And then we get to meet. Yeah, um, then we move into the move, uh, Florida the house. Book. Yeah. So we, we, we meet Hal, Hal Carter, uh, played by John Cameron Mitchell, uh, which is fantastic. We meet Ken and Barbie, uh, Chantal and Zelda. Uh, we hear about Gilbert. All of this feels exactly the same as the book. It's not exactly, exactly, but like, the spirit feels the same. Really nice. Um, so we get to meet these these people, um, and they a few scenes later decide to go see Hal's performance. So we get to see John Cameron Mitchell in drag uh, doing uh, her rendition of "Everything's Coming Up Roses," made famous by Ethel Merman. I had problems with the performance. Oh. John Cameron Mitchell, a genius. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, seminal movie, like absolutely um, impressive actor, writer, director, performer, singer. I didn't love this. I, well, hold I, on. Before we get to that, uh, let's back it up a little bit no. to the intro to the house. Oh, okay. Okay. What an absolute nightmare. 
it would be to show to up there? at oh. a bed and breakfast. Yes. And as soon as you walk in, you're being invited out with the people that work there for who also everyone knows your entire story because yeah. that the would be proprietor a proprietor gossip to everyone. Could you imagine? I would have just left. I would have been like, I, no I, way. I'm not a B and B person. Yeah, I, I don't like to hang out with people I know barely. Like, let do you, alone. Do you like, know the movie Flirting with Disaster? The Ben Stiller movie. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I don't remember much of it. There's just but... a line in that movie. You're terrible. Uh, <laughs> you're terrible B and B people. That's because we hate B and Bs. <laughs> and like, that's that's my entire mantra. I will never do it. Yeah. But yes, this would be absolutely horrifying. And, yes, and you're right. It is a lot different too. In that. Uh, Hal knows everything already, and they change his character a little bit. Like, I remember in in the in the comic, you really don't know much about Hal. You certainly don't know about Dolly. There's like I think right. Ken and Barbie say a line, and like you you think Dolly's a different person. Right. At least the yes. I, at least yes. the way I remember it reading it. It builds slower. Right. Yes. They jump into this. This is he's uh, Hal has a very intense personality immediately. It's like the second scene. Yeah. Right he's like, yeah. hey, oh, did you? And they have a line like, oh, did you guys know each other? And no, we just you know whatever. And then every you see you see everyone which like. I like. Yeah. I, I like the fact that they speed that up and like we we told each other our life stories over the phone, which I just I like that it sets. Um, Rose and Hal together so quickly. It bonds them so quickly in mm -hmm. this, um, which I think works for the story that comes up later. But anyway, yes. Yeah, then you meet the sisters, sometimes. which is, or whether or not they're sisters or lovers. They well, change whatever, yeah. that around. They give Hal the line as opposed to, in the comic, she's writing her mother, I think, right? And and reporting uh -huh. on where that stuff yes, is. Yes. That seems to be removed from this. Even though she her job is to collect information and report it back, she hasn't done that in this. Maybe that changes. Well, we, we just get there. So. Yeah, we'll eventually get there. Um, and that's fine. It's, it was all anyway. fine. And But yeah, now give me so your... You get, you get your, house performance. Talk I, about the performance the, issues. To me, it's like, is a... Uh, I don't know. Gay culture right now is so much of drag race and all this other, you know, um, that this performance was... It felt really dated. It felt like a, a very old school drag performance that didn't have a whole lot going on to it and a crowd that was just very easily impressed um the song choice makes a lot of sense you listen to the lyrics about rose and a dream and da -da -da. okay that's great and it's right from the the book too i believe right that he does the, that's the performance he does is everything coming roses um like dolly has a reveal like she's wearing this you know uh kind of beautiful gown that opens up and it's this uh, fuchsia color inside and the audience just goes wild it's like that's not how drag shows like really anyway it just felt like a really <laughs> weird choice and also John Cameron Mitchell is a much better singer than that so to do an Ethel Merman song and to do it like Ethel Merman just felt like flat it just didn't feel like I don't know. I feel like I'm on, on Drag yep. Race and trying to critique the, the performances. That, let it go. That's that, what that's why people are tuning feel. in, Dan. They want that insight. They want my perspective on this. Um, yeah, I'm going to complain just, more uh, as well. Go ahead. Only I like also with the Hal thing. Because Hal's not... You're not sure. You think Dolly's a different person. Hal. Yeah. When you do meet Dolly, it's not at the show. <laughs> it's just like this random moment when she comes into rose rose is like in the middle of typing and just comes in and starts performing and then leaves yeah. and it's like absurd and weird and you're like oh okay i don't know i like that it's, a little bit more better 
This, this is, is better. better. Because that is, to me, it, it reads in the book a little bit like, oh, what a weirdo. It's a house full of weirdos. Oh, yeah, two, totally. Two women who are maybe lovers, maybe related, who collect stuff, spiders. Ken and Barbie is just a weird thing. A guy that you never see that lives in the attic. And a drag queen. Like, yeah, he's, no, he's I, just played for the weirdness. And I, I rather this, where we're introduced in the right setting for a performance that is, we are meant to believe is a very good performance that is well-received by the people watching it. I think that's so. a... That's a good point, especially me coming from where I'm coming from. So, yeah, yeah that totally makes sense, and that's something I wouldn't have thought of. But it, it, it is like that. It is like it is, yeah. played for the weirdness of it, like, yes. in the comic. It's, it's, but I think it's still played as, I think... There's no malintent or anything. I don't, but, right, yeah. right. In the show, it's still weird. Everything is... is unexpected maybe so you have these characters that we just don't know what's going on with there's right. obviously more going on here and then uh, on top of it all hal is a is a drag i don't know it was just i just love i love things that are absurd and come out of nowhere yes and it's like the door opens and it's a scene and boom like it's like a, a yeah. scene going on and then it just ends and plus there's a cure poster in the background which is always that's always nice uh you know so then we it. also Whatever. get uh Rose is at the performance, goes to take a phone call. Hold on, one more complaint. Gets... I'm going to throw no. these out there. It's not complaints. It's just stuff that you I loved about. Show. No, I, no. It's just stuff I, I loved about the comic. So There's more of a detective nature to yeah. the comic that is completely gone here. It's like she just goes right to the, Rose just goes right to the office and then goes back to the show. Like, I just like that, oh, he's in the lighthouse, and there's a picture of the grandfather, and now I've traced it. Like, there's more, like, work being yeah. done. Even though it's mostly exposition over letters back home, I miss a little bit of that stuff. Anyway, yeah. Go on. And, and you're not really going to get a whole lot of it coming up anyway. But right. they're focusing on different things instead. Um, so Rose goes out to take a phone call in the alleyway, gets accosted by uh, a couple of mm -hmm. toughs, and yep. uh, gets threatened. And we meet Gilbert. Who, I have huge affection for for Gilbert. Yeah, Fiddler's one of your Green. favorite characters. Never says whom once. Whom, I love that, and and it just <laughs> I don't know why I love it so much, but he never says it once. I also love this play by Stephen Fry, um, who just immediately earns yes, uh, a great. huge amount of goodwill from me um, whenever he comes onto screen. Um, just perfect casting. Uh, we don't get a whole lot of Gilbert um, in this story. We just get this the scene where he pulls out the the cane sword out of his uh, umbrella, which is fantastic. Uh, Rose can take care of herself as well. She takes down one of the guys. Um, yes, and that that is an additional like giving, thing. Yeah, it's not. She's just not Rose there to be rescued. Exactly, and I think that's very smart. Um, in and they change story. a bit of Gilbert too. In from the comic, he's not. He's never seen dolly show he's sort of just passing through whereas in this he's actually on his way there to see it and he just they have this thing where he reads too much he was like lost in a yeah, book or something that's why he was late whereas in the comic he's like you know i've never had the pleasure of seeing it whatever right right um yeah anyway Hello, so dolly. uh that, that's the that's the major stuff that happens so we do get rose interrupting dream and lucian in his uh throne room mm -hmm. uh, the other thing so we with the collectors, the their idea is they they need to get a new guest of honor. They want to meet the Corinthian, who they 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 talk about the Corinthian, the the current person using that uh, pseudonym. 
because the uh, Corinthians obviously have been doing this for more than 100 years. Um, and they decide the way to get in touch with uh, him is to imitate him, try to call attention to that, so they all end up uh, acting as the Corinthian taking eyes. Uh, that brings the Corinthian right, to bring them. them together. And, um, so, so we set that part up as well. And then there's the final scene that we get is we see Jed now, uh, six years later. We see him running down a, a kind of backwoods two-lane highway. This entire, that scene, which isn't very long, we see Jed running down the highway. A woman stops her car to, to help him. They know each other. Uh, it turns out to be the foster mom. The foster dad shows up and throws Jed in the trunk and obviously is a very, very, very bad dude and is uh, threatening the woman as well. That entire scene felt like a dream to me. I didn't think it was real. Yeah, it didn't but feel, it is. It, it is real, it and is. that's not but in the. Very that's not in the comic either. Yes, and they just needed to introduce the threat that Jed is is under. So they, I, yes, bring. It the is scene strange. In, like, why not? Fun. Why not at that point introduce Jed in in a dream? But whatever, right. I know it's fine. I didn't. No, under, I, I think you, they just they just need. They, they just wanted to show he's being abused. That Jed is in. Yeah. Um, I think was was a good choice. It just was strange the way that that scene was stylized. There's like a lot of, if I remember correctly, like, I don't know, fog there as well. Everything just has this weird dream logic. Like he's running down a highway on his own and runs into his foster mom. And then immediately behind him is his foster dad. Like it has this dream logic to it. Like, right. Like why are these thing, both things happening like, simultaneously yeah, so, and conveniently? And maybe, that's, maybe that makes more sense because there is all this stuff with the the dreaming and that he is the brother of a vortex and i don't know whatever it just felt strange anyway so that was it that was the entire story uh eric you generally hated the we Sandman. didn't probably never watch another no. episode uh, again no no of course you know like um well i would just say would add a couple of things we didn't completely cover moving in right because we don't in this there's a couple of things that happen she finds in the comic, and I'm interested to see how they do that, she gets information back from private investigators that are like, we found where Jed is, and her and Gilbert go off to to you know to that place. That is not in here. So I'm just wondering to my like, well, how are they gonna do that? Is it gonna be a call from the foster care person? And then maybe the scene that I didn't like, there was more to that scene and they just cut away from it and She'll call and say, we know. I don't know. I'm wondering how that's going to all play out. And plus, Gilbert, is Gilbert going to go with her? Because she already has uh, a per Alita with her. I don't know. I'll, right. I'll figure all that stuff out. And, uh, yeah. and I know what's going to happen with Lita, Lita, whatever. And I'm yeah. wondering how that's going to happen. So it's all very interesting. No, I, yeah. I, mean, I didn't questions. love we'll it. See. Like the show, the series in general has been sort of hit and miss with me mm -hmm. i don't but i still want to see more of it and i feel like you know it needs i would love to see two or three seasons and let it really find its way and yeah. you know and maybe even move not be so tightly bound to the mm -hmm. to the source material or like pick one or the other i don't know sometimes it's, it's hard to like a thing has to be I its think own. It was thing, very successful right? of having moments where it takes, like I said before, it, it takes the source material and improves upon it by either updating it, making certain changes, or just uh, making it narratively a little bit easier to follow. Um, sometimes it, it feels like it's rushing through. It feels like sometimes yeah. it's rushing through because it has. It's trying to really stay true, 
to everything. Pack and, a lot in. Yeah, and then you don't get a lot of time with things. Yeah. Or things feel almost like you know I don't know. It's I but I'm not I'm the, not. It has I, so much going for it in terms yes. of. I mean production. I mean we're not doing a full review of the the whole thing right now, but no. even in this week, the production design is beautiful. The the casting choices are great. I think for me, uh, Lyda might be the weakest of them so um, far. But she, but she has more to do coming up, and it I think she improves. But she's there's just not a lot for her to do. So there's not a lot for the actors. No, and as do. a character, do it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, yeah, she's sort of taking care of Rose, but like. She's literally just flying to London, and then she's flying to Florida. Right. And, like, does she have, like... Well, she promised her mom that she would help her. So she's fulfilling a promise yeah. well, she's And she, they, they also fine. say, I'm hiring you, so she's paying. Again, right. money is not an issue. Right. Until right. it is an issue within the same episode. But maybe sure. maybe that scene cuts, and I didn't see more. Because Lida says, I'm proud of her for standing up for herself. Is that true? Yeah. Do we see more of that scene? No. That's, okay. Well, we come. I think we come back. To, we come back to the foster later. Uh, but anyway, Eddie, uh, in any yeah, case, it, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but anyway, there there are some really strong things about it. The the story is is propulsive. It's moving it forward. It's bringing things up earlier in the in the show versus the story, the, the book to kind of carry it forward. Very dream light. There are some very strange things going on though. Do you feel that it's a little dream light? Now the book sometimes yeah. you never get Morpheus, but even in this, he seems to be less of a character. He's interspersed throughout. You get yeah. more in the beginning. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, not that we need to hit every every point here, but I, I do like a little bit with the, them reading the books of the people's lives, and they realize that Jed's been cut off from the dreamings. They have an idea that God's right. And in the comic, that is Morpheus stuff. that realizes that. Not it right. seems like they gave some of Morpheus' well, business to. Uh, there's a bit of that, but he's he had independently come to that as well. He couldn't find Jed either. She can't find. Yeah, Lucy she can't, can't find him in the, the book. Books. But then he can't find feel him in the dreaming. It's fine. It's just like an observation, just because yeah. it like feels that he's less involved but that this is the way it is better as it goes i think um but also has other things that i think you'll probably have a lot to say about so this uh interest to see well, this episode has a lot to do because we came we already spent all this time with the trinkets and the finding the the fetch quests and we're coming off of that and then you go into you know the death sort of that bridges the two in a way and it's like you gotta set a lot of stuff up in like one episode yeah so i can understand I why maybe this one isn't going to be as strong as i'm hoping the next one will be yeah because we're yeah. going in there's only three or four more left so eight nine, not seven. including the the extra yep. one but like as far as this whole arc That's right. you know it's like we're going towards the end so imagine it's gonna pick up it, it comes quickly. Yep. Yeah. Um, now I'm very, very anyway, intrigued it. by what you said. Like, there's going to be something I'll have a lot to say that almost I, sounds I, like I just negatively. Have a suspicion. Uh, who knows? Uh, we'll who out. knows? Uh, cool. Anyway, thank you, folks, for uh, indulging us in our secondary podcast in your feed. Uh, we will be back next week with, I believe, another Sandman. But you'll see. Every other week, we get Sandmans on the on the Wednesdays, or we get uh, every third week mm -hmm. your classic. Classic Doctor Who. Doctor Who review yes. podcast. So join us next time as well. Thank you for listening. And uh, peace. Bye. Bye.
Tommy. Dear. I can never. I can never be. I can never be myself when you're around. Where are you going? Sunrise. Sunset. Kill me. Kiss me. Help me. Forget me. Bum, bum, bum. Don't have nobody to call my 